0: Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to another session of MICE Conversations. My name is Michael Collins from travelmedia.ie and today I am delighted to be joined by John Burke and Chris Nolan from venuesworld.com. Thank you both for joining me. Maybe if I could start with the obvious simple question which is how are you both doing? How has COVID been for you both from a personal and a work perspective? I wonder if Chris you could start us off.
1: Yes, Michael, COVID. Um, Well, when you're in the international conferencing industry, uh, you know, it is the perfect storm. You you can't, people can't travel and people can't meet. So we are redundant, (laughs) you know. um, It was uh, an absolute shocker. I'll never forget it really because... Because of the international dimension to our business, we had, um, we had a large group in Singapore in January of, of last year. Um, and we successfully ran that event straight after Christmas. The team were down there literally on New Year's Day, getting that away. And they flew home and suddenly this news was trickling through. And, you know, for us, kind of the immediate impact was, oh, my God, we've had a team in in Asia. Uh, you know, are they OK? What do we even do about knowing if they're OK? It never really occurred to, to us or to me certainly at that time that this is this is coming to Europe and coming to Ireland and this is going to be a pandemic. But um, again, I think because of, of that international element and we had lots of other business um, confirmed into Asia for last year, a lot of our clients would do an Asia-Europe rotation And of course, last year was the Asia rotation. So so we we were seeing cancellations flying in the door um, really before COVID hit the European psyche and and certainly the Irish industry. And at the time, it felt a little bit like we were the only ones or, you know, all of our, our colleagues in the domestic market weren't immediately impacted at that stage. So. It was a dreadful and lonely place to be. We certainly didn't think we'd still be here 15 months later. Um, but I guess over the course of, of last year, particularly, where um, you know bank uh, supports were coming in, government supports were coming in, um, industry supports were coming in, that started to make the possibility of, of surviving this um, a reality. And So we're still here. We we got very busy about creating a virtual solution, um, which has worked very well for our clients, has allowed us to stay in in relationship with them, to continue to offer them a solution throughout this period. Um, We're we're looking at that becoming hybrid solutions and live solutions later on into this year and certainly into 2022. Um, So you know we're we're here now looking back over 15 months of this saying okay we're still here there is a long way to go but we're alive
0: yeah
1: <laughs> we're alive again yeah
0: thank you Chris and interesting to, to hear that you developed your own platform John if I can jump to you one reason I, I'm delighted to be speaking to you both today is the fact that you happen to be an Irish company based in Dublin but with huge international reach not only in terms of events that you organize globally but clients globally and you have offices all over the world spain for example so i wonder if you can talk us through the international perspective you have in terms of what's going on and and is there light at the end of the tunnel in terms of mice happening again
2: i think that perspective may have changed over the the last 12 months insofar as that we started coming from one place and as Chris already alluded to, you know, we came from a place where everything was shut down. We were in advance of the European marketplace, and we're beginning to see that full circle, coming full circle, so to speak, insofar as that we're beginning to see Asia and indeed North America um, stepping their toe back into the marketplace. Um, during the intervening pe- period for us, uh, and certainly on, a, on a, both a personal level, but also on a business level, I, th- I think it's... It's been, uh, you know, for me, it's been one of the, the biggest journeys, uh, business and and personally, just just trying to navigate through this in in and and keep positivity, and also from a client perspective, keeping connected with clients, and so uh, it also stimulated a huge amount of creativity in ourselves and in the team because it's amazing the amount of creativity you can come up with when you need to survive, and notwithstanding the fact that there was some great some government supports around the place, that creativity. Uh, reminded me uh, and brought us back to our startup days 15 years ago. Um, and, and it brought us back to that feeling in that place, which is on the edge of a cliff, but not quite falling over the cliff on a daily basis. Um, we are seeing hugely, hugely positive signs though, beginning to emerge. Uh, okay. And I, would, I wouldn't certainly say that, you know, we're, we're, everything is back on track, but we are seeing very significant positive signs. And that's not about... Um, clients who were already engaged and and, and postponed events and this is the beginnings of new RFPs coming through to us Um, um, not necessarily into Ireland but certainly in the very recent past in an Asian context but also beginnings uh, into Europe Um, and these are significant events um, which corporations and companies are beginning to look at for 2022 not necessarily 2021 so we have begun already as a business, we've begun already as a business to start bringing on board salespeople, for example. And now we need to start ratcheting back up our operations teams. While they've been operating on a virtual level, it's now beginning to get it, to, to go to the hybrid route and the in-person route back end of this year and into next year, which is really positive news.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. And, and can I ask you about hybrid? I mean, we've just run an event ourselves that was virtual and I've been to hybrid events last year in Spain. Do you think the future is hybrid? And the the reason I ask is that I'm now looking at a future where I might run an event and others where it's both live and hybrid, which effectively in many ways increases my costs, doesn't decrease them. So do you think there's an issue there? And how's that going to pan out? I think it's going to be different
2: for different industry types, to be honest with you, Michael. Um, um, And interesting, myself and Chris were engaged with a couple of clients this week. Um, significant clients who are corporates and within their they're looking to run events within their own internal client base for want of a better word so it's not externally facing Mm -hmm. their view is the last thing they want to see is any hybrid element they want all their people on site fully engaged with each other in the traditional sense and that's when they're going to start running their events again however if you're in a, a business which is running events and it's revenue generating by delicate numbers and it's association based etc well the criteria is different for you you want as large a volume of people that you can have and if one thing that virtual has proved is that they're getting people are getting larger engagement if the content is engaging um and so that same applies and i think there's a level of hybrid that we're going to be living with the wrong word that's going to be part and parcel of of the major larger events Uh, i think for me and also for corporate clients and for us what we're seeing initially and it is very initial, is that they're running the hybrid element because they have to. Um, but when they get back full on in 2022 and 23, they really want every pe- everybody on site.
0: Okay, so hybrid will happen, but it'll only happen if it makes sense and if the cost element is is appropriate. But for yeah. others that want to get back, and that look, I'm hearing that as well. A lot of people saying you know, can't wait to get back traveling and seeing people again. But I suppose at the back of my mind is a question of, will that actually happen? You mentioned positivity. I wonder if you could talk to me through, you know, what you're seeing from, as you say, the US and Asia, where things are starting to happen again. Is it same old as in people are doing the, going back to what they did before or, you know, have things changed? For example, you mentioned RFPs. You know, I've heard other people say that hopefully the RFP process will become more streamlined and easier. Or are you seeing a change in how people are approaching business for 22?
2: I think it depends on the complexity of any given event, Michael. If there's a level of complexity in terms of two or three tiers to it, um, you, uh, traditional RFPs are traditional RFPs. If that's not something you can replicate or duplicate online, yeah. uh, you can surely get the connectivity that you need to develop those RFPs. Um, So, for example, Chris and myself have just literally come off a call with, I think, 26 partners from across Europe. We've done a a monthly review, and all of them had a different opinion as to when to start pouring money into marketing spend again. Was it May and June this year to generate RFPs or should we be waiting until September, October to generate business into 2022? And all of them were having different experiences. So our colleagues in in, in Athens had received 22 RFPs in in the month of March for 2022, which is uh, a huge amount of RFPs now. Whether that's down to the Greek authorities and the convention bureaus is driving more messaging. Whether it's down to Greece being a sunny destination and people need want to get back to it quickly. Whether it's down to space and it not being there. But all of those elements need personal and local and knowledge that can can, can drive the RFP process. Um, and and that to me is will will always be that way um, because there are so many different elements to significant pieces of business, if it's one or two dimensions that that a piece of business is, so it's just a venue that somebody's looking for, or it's just an an airline structure, or it's just an evening event, then for sure, those RFPs are more simple to manage. Um, But anything that's multifaceted, anything that's got different layers to it, anything that requires real local knowledge, the traditional RFP process is the way that it will go. And obviously, anything that's got scale for smaller groups, that necessarily doesn't apply.
0: Okay. That's interesting and it makes sense, but it, it's also interesting. I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, hopefully uh, the, the cumbersome RFP process may change, but maybe there's a reason it was cumbersome in the first place. Chris, can I ask you in terms of what I'm seeing going forward is maybe in 2022 events being more regional before they become fully international. Would you agree with that? Or are you seeing people really launch back into full-on international again?
1: Yeah, we're we're not seeing any of the of the inquiries or any of the conversations that we're having um, with our existing client base are looking for those fully global, um, you know, interactions. Again, I, I I think one of the things that we saw coming out of the two thousand and eight recession. For smaller regional meetings over the course of twelve months, and what they learned from that was that their marketing director and their sales director and their product uh, directors spent an entire year trying to deliver you know four conferences instead of killing it over the course of four days and getting everyone in the one room it's it's incredibly time consuming to plan. Um, a regional meeting for two hundred people, and you can do the same job for eight hundred people. Uh, y- you know, with the same amount of of, of human resource and time, um, and not not to mention the fact that actually the economies of scale and the you know the budgets are totally stretched by regional meetings. So, I mean, I, I think. Many who who were there before will avoid that if they can, and and the solution is to try and bolt on a, a hybrid or a virtual element for the moment, um, and, and then get everybody back, um, you know, to, to 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 global meetings as soon as possible.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, John, can I ask you, are there trends that you are seeing then? Because what I'm hearing is a lot of people want to get back to what they know worked before. Um, you know, RF working, you know, the same way they did and you know, full on international events because of economies of scale. Are there trends that have come out of this period that that you will that you think we'll we'll see in the future?
2: Well, I mean I think digitalization of the marketing, messaging and communication and content is not only here, here today and it has been to the past, but it's been heightened, greatly heightened over the last twelve or eighteen months, and that's going to continue to grow. Um, um I think content which is interesting uh, through the virtual space is more condensed and it's you're looking for quality Um, and I think that may replicate itself in the real in-person live experience as we go back to that Um, higher quality of content but also uh, shorter snippets I mean I know um, virtually at the moment the eight by eight structure or you know eight minutes etc or 15 minutes is that maximum I certainly don't think it would be that but I I think for sure one of the big changes may very well be in terms around content delivery. You're not going to be sitting through two-and-a-half or three-hour sessions with multiple PowerPoints, et cetera. I I think um, shorter and higher quality is where it's all about. And I also think uh, the the experiential element of events is going to become equally important because people are craving that. Um, So that requires a level of creativity around it. That is not just about the nuts and bolts uh, and the logistics of putting an event together and and i think those people who can deliver a level of creativity or certainly a level of journey mapping uh, i suppose is is a better description as kind of uh, industry phraseology it's not meant to be but really mapping out a journey with a client or a client mapping out a journey with a destination or a venue is really important and it's becoming more and more important Um, and that goes back to the experience that people are having um, and the networking opportunities around
0: that. That makes sense. And Chris, would you agree? I mean, I, I do hear from a lot of people that they want to get back to travel, but they feel that maybe they will probably travel less going forward and they'll be more selective about the conferences and events and business travel that they'll do going forward. And maybe, as John says, you know, higher quality will attract the right people and the the, the bar will be raised.
1: Mm-hmm um I, I I think again uh, you know harking back to us suppose, post 9 eleven days where a lot of us were never going to fly again and you know off we went as soon it, it, it becomes the normal again quite quickly and I think that people will go back to a to to a, a lot of 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 traveling to because there's such value in these meetings and there's such an amount of valuable connection and work and selling that can be done in two days face to face at a conference and it just can't be replicated so I think people will travel where it is to their benefit where they see the value and where it enhances their their work or their life experience but what what will be allowable now is for people who don't want to go to say no um and to say no i if you you know i won't travel but i will i will uh, um access it remotely i I, you know i i live stream it or i'll um I'll, i'll access the content so i think people are going to have more of a choice around whether they need to attend a conference to to get access to new information about products maybe or you know some of, some of the more educational rather than um network slash sales related conferencing so people will pick and choose i think yeah. um where the value lies yeah
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense well certainly everything we've discussed one i'm on the same page as you both and i'm delighted to hear you know, people in your position with your experience to be so positive uh, and looking forward. That said, we're all based here in Ireland at the moment, and I've just come off a flight, as you both know, um, and it was a flight specifically to beat a COVID hotel quarantine. What What are your thoughts on the fact that there are complexities ahead, ahead of us in terms of, you know, we're hearing, you know, we're aware that the, the digital passport or certificate is being developed, there will be testing going forward. What are your thoughts on how we as an industry navigate all those elements? Because it's not going to disappear overnight. Mm -hmm
1: it's it's going to be incredibly complex for us it already is uh, one of the things that we heard on on our our meeting with our, our our network our partners earlier today was you know in in all destinations people are not sure as as the conference organizers and as the the, the hosts what is required of them and whether Uh, protocols that were developed six months ago or you know uh, as a very early um, and urgent reaction to the problem whether they still stand whether they're relevant whether you know somebody who's vaccinated now is different to somebody who who isn't well of course they are but but you know, nobody knows really what to do. And I think that's the um, the big difficulty is is getting clarity. And, you know, when people don't know what to do, they tend to do nothing in my, uh, you know, in, in my experience. So we really need to get access to very clear guidelines um so that we are covered legally professionally uh, and for everybody's health and safety but you know unfortunately we're 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 walking on quicksand here and everything is changing really really quickly um mm. both moving forward and moving backwards almost in equal measures so you know that that is freezing people in their tracks and 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 it's hard to know how we're going to really move this forward with any great
0: pace yeah joan your thoughts on that i mean can can the mice industry can we as players do anything or in reality is this going to be always government-led and we just have to follow
2: i certainly think as an industry i certainly think uh, both across all the all destinations we should be questioning uh, uh in, in a very professional way but we should be questioning and we also have an awful lot to add i mean when you just take simple comparisons that some of the biggest shopping centers of the world, there can be 10,000 people and we can't run an event with professional organisation for 500 people across Europe at this moment in time. There seems to be no sense or rhyme, or reason to it. I think one of the problems that we have in a European context, and also I think it's happened in the States as well in the federal system, fishes have become evidence in terms of central structures not being able to bring about groupthink and... Um, and therefore, you find individual countries running at, at a different pace within across this crisis. I think uh, most be- business people, I think, would say at this point in time in an Irish context that we have been overly cautious um, in terms of our approach. And unfortunately, over the last number of months, overly cautious has turned into some bad planning and um, um, both in terms of distribution of of vaccine, how that's been operating or not, as the case may be, it is getting better, which is great, Um, or in terms of planning from what you're experiencing in the last 24 hours where people are rushing from all corners of the world, be it Erasmus people or be it people trying to get back into the country as a result of what has happened over the last couple of weeks. I think we have an opportunity to learn from that really, really quickly, and not be in danger, or we are in danger sometimes of really overanalyzing these things. There are some extraordinary professionals and the logistic teams in this country who can assist across the board, both with government, but also with input into the decision-making process. And it strikes me, and again, in an Irish context, and this has happened elsewhere, it's not about just Ireland, Mm -hmm. um, that those resources are not being listened to. And I fear sometimes when I, I I consume news content in an Irish in an Irish, in Ireland, we do very little questioning of these decisions, and I don't mean questioning for questioning's sake, for questioning to be negative, but questioning to get the right results for everybody. And I see that throughout the media, um, that we very rarely question in a real, real way, with the exception of some journalists who do who, who do it well. Um, and I would love to see that becoming more part of the process, but I do think. We're at a point now where vaccine rollout is critical and will solve a lot of the medium-term problems. There are short-term problems that you've experienced uh, in the last 24 hours that other people will experience in the next couple of weeks, um, and, and we need to get over those as quickly as possible and move to vaccine rollout. And once we get the majority of the population or indeed an age profile, or above that populated, start really thinking sensibly from a business perspective, because we can't keep funding everything, and that includes our industry. How the mice sector can help? The my sector can help in in, in a number of ways, but I think um, involving themselves in the decision process at government level, and also in terms of convention bureaus across Europe, really involving themselves with the supply chain to make sure there's security of financial structures, there's security within the supply chain, and to make sure that the key suppliers across the board in this new environment understand that flexibility is required through contracting uh, to stimulate business into the future.
0: Yeah. Agreed, 100%. And look, I think you both know I'm a a proponent of, you know, let's say vocal criticism, not, um, you know, criticism for the sake of criticism, but, you know, constructive input. And I think a lot of us have been afraid to say too much because we feel, you know, it's a pandemic. But I think, as you say, our input is, should be valued and is useful because we have huge experience in this industry um john and chris thank you both for joining me today um it's been incredibly interesting and wonderful to have your insight so i appreciate both of your time uh coming to me today and uh, participating in this mice conversation so thank you again both and i uh, look forward to seeing you in person as soon as we can thank you
2: great great michael bye-bye bye-bye